Hi, this is Logan with Spiritual Danger Close Podcast. Normally episodes are the narration of my blogs which come from my thoughts on a particular subject. And learning of what it means to live spiritual danger close requires to have an open conversation with knowledgeable individuals. Today's episode reflects that idea and hopefully helps you with your spiritual discipline. Today's speaker was requested by me or those who follow the blog or podcast. If there's a conversation you'd like to hear or wanted to comment on today's episode, please do so. I hope you enjoy the conversation that you're about to listen to. So, this is Logan with uh, Spiritual Danger Close podcast again. This is conversation number two. Today, we're following up with the law of health. Now we're talking about the portion of the word of wisdom and how that plays into fitness. Today, my guest is uh, from the first episode, Elliot. How yep. have you been, sir? Uh, pretty good. You know, work has been keeping me busy, but that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. I uh, I see you're still able to lift, so that's good. Yep. Well, priorities. If, uh, if I can't lift, I better be hurt. Awesome. Uh, while we're setting up to get this episode ready, we're just kind of talking if there was any anything that we missed out on talking with the law of health. And we, we kind of decided that, mm, no, we feel like we, we covered pretty well uh, that conversation. And today we're going to talk about the word of wisdom and how that is also a part of your physical fitness journey. So we have a couple of topics we want to talk on to include modesty and how that that's um, relays into fitness as well. Yeah. So you're going to see. It looks like you want to start with the word of wisdom. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, I feel like we don't need to read it. Our uh, listeners can go ahead and check that on their own. But word of wisdom is found in the doctrine and covenants. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like there's not really. If we're talking about it in the context of fitness, uh, I I don't think most mem- active members have an issue with the word of wisdom. It seems like nowadays that's one that fewer people struggle with, with the possible exception of once in a blue moon I'll see someone taking a like a energy drink or a pre workout that has green tea as an ingredient, and they didn't seem to notice. That's one. I've, that, I've seen that more than once. I guess that would be my sole contribution to that to- uh, to that topic is just make sure that you read the ingredients list before you drink your nice, natural, healthy energy drinker or pre-workout supplements because some of them do have green tea in them, which is something that you know members are supposed to abstain from. That's why I uh, wanted to include the 2019. I don't know if you remember when the first presidency announced it, but they yeah. kind of... They kind of like teased that there's going to be a big word of wisdom thing. And there was so many people talking about, oh, they're letting us drink coffee and have, you know, soft liquor again. Like we're just going to follow what the word of wisdom actually says. And no, they they went the opposite way. The, the revelation was we, we should probably look at these things a little bit better. And it covered um, addictive substances, talked about, you know, the members who are going to the coffee shops and thinking that they're Frappuccino, you know. It's fine, it, you know. Frappuccino doesn't have coffee, but when in fact it does does have coffee, uh, they talked about vaping, and then they they talked mostly about the use of medical marijuana and a couple other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like there's not a big 
issue with that, at least in the demographic I'm familiar with of like members who care about their fitness and who are working on their health. I don't really run into ones that are supplementing with marijuana or vaping. Um, so I feel like it's pretty straightforward. I think the one thing I know the church has said, uh, in addition to regular word of wisdom stuff, just in general, avoid addiction. And I know in the past they've said to be careful because um, energy drinks that have very large amounts of caffeine uh, can be addicting, but they've also never actually said that they're forbidden for everyone. So that is maybe the one thing where I'd say is you want to keep an eye on. But I say that as someone that also uses them myself. So um, making sure that you're keeping the use in moderation and that it's not unhealthy and you're not forming a dependency on the stimulant. Exactly. I feel like that that's kind of the, the bit. The thing I, I struggled with was the fact that um, – it even goes into derivatives of coffee and, gr and green tea, which is becoming so prevalent. And I do apologize. I was trying to get a thought of this out. I've been researching caffeine and common sources of caffeine. Um, from my reading and understanding of the clarification on the word of wisdom, um, you can't even use a substance like ECCG. It's a derivative of green tea. It's popular in a lot of weight loss drinks. Um, pre-workouts are doing that and then a lot of the the pre-workouts are are going away from synthetic caffeine and they're going back to a naturalized caffeine that's strict uh straightly processed from coffee or green tea um, sometimes you see a couple other ones that are using like yerba mate uh guarana cola nut some of those other uh sources of caffeine but most of the time with the coffee and green tea as prevalent as it is it's super cheap so a lot of companies are are doing it so they they look good and it also saves a couple bucks yeah you just got to read the ingredients list see what's on there i'm pretty sure if it comes from green tea it'll say it on there unless they found a way around that that i'm not aware of but i've always yeah, I Rather the ingredients list, I've, it's always been clear if something is made from green tea to me, if I read that. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you you should start getting a habit of reading the ingredient list nowadays because they're putting so much stuff in there. I really feel like we're seeing a fulfillment of the prophecy of the word of wisdom, you know, conspiring men. Because some of the stuff that they're putting in there are um, new substances that chemists are designing in the lab specifically for fitness and so a lot of the stuff hasn't been through fda testing they're kind of using this like loophole of natural derivatives from um you can find it in nature and eventually the fda catches on and then we'll shut down certain products because that is definitely not um natural and what they're trying to do okay interesting uh, recently, uh, in the military, you're not allowed to basically do drugs and not supposed to do anything that's a, a mind altering. And so on about a yearly basis, all DOD military members and including civilian contractors have to go get urine analysis tested. And, and recently, it came down that a certain pre-workout that a member was using actually did contain... Um, uh, SARMs, which are selective androgen receptor modules inside yeah. uh, the pre-workout itself. I'm not going to mention names because uh, 
I don't want to get into that whole hassle, but a lot of these companies are kind of putting a lot of craziness in there. Um, so it's really hard to find like a good pre-workout that is a fits with the word of wisdom and, and B it's not going to be something you, you could possibly have an issue with it specifically in my case. I don't, I don't know if you would have um, a problem with that. I just really drink an energy drink and, and have a caffeine pill. It's just caffeine. It's not against the word of wisdom. Okay. I doubt that's not controversial to say, but I, I, I mean, if you don't want to, I definitely respect that. Um, just like I don't want to eat steamed vegetables, so I don't. But I don't slap spirituality on it. I just don't want to do it. Because um, I, I yeah, if you, I'm sure I know. I know there's good pre workouts out there. I know there's reputable ones. Um, but the point of a pre workout, in my opinion, is it needs to give you a burst of energy, so that you can have a more effective workout. Caffeine is a stimulant. It does that just fine. You can have, like, we know that you can have a certain amount of caffeine and it does not have a negative effect on your health. Like, it's like anything else. If I put, uh, a, you know, about a half tablespoon of butter on my toast, not going to harm me. If I eat eight sticks of butter every day, well, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to be a little messed up inside, right? Uh, a lot of things are straight up forbidden. Well, she didn't say a lot. It's not a lot. Some things are straight up forbidden. Don't have any. Most of the rest, I, I lean on the principle of the poison is in the dose. There's amounts of it that are perfectly 100% safe to have. And then there are amounts that will that are not safe to have, like even water. We, we, know, we all have heard once in a while, you'll hear some story about someone dying from drinking too much water because of a prank or, or a game show or something. And the same principle applies. It's like, you know, you can have a certain amount of caffeine and it's not going to mess you up. And it will give you some stimulation for your workout. And I don't have to worry about accidentally ingesting SARMs. I don't have to worry about, you know, any of that stuff because it's a pretty straightforward ingredient. Yeah, that's a pretty easy go-to. Um, I definitely wished I got that that article, that, that thought published about caffeine. But caffeine does have its benefits. Um, they use it in the NICU. So, you know, brand new babies that are going through certain issues, they, they actually use caffeine. Um, on average, a person can take max about 400 milligrams of caffeine and it's considered safe. But big caveat is everyone's body is different mm -hmm. and you will know if it's too much for you very quickly. I mean, I know some people that can take hardly any because it makes it triggers some hardcore anxiety, so they really can't have like any. Oh yeah. Which sometimes is I'll take three hundred milligrams of caffeine, three hundred fifty milligrams of caffeine before working out, and I'll still feel tired. So <laughs> not anxious at all. <laughs> I you know, it's a sad day when you dome some pre workout to the mouth and you don't feel anything. Yeah, and you're I, just like, well, okay, tired workout today. Uh on the mission, I used to to talk about ways to think about the word of wisdom, and I always saw it as more of a law of moderation. Everything is good in small doses, because if you read the original word of wisdom in Doctrine and Covenants, it even allowed members to have wine of their own making, but not very strong wine. That it was okay in some situations, and I feel like that should be applied across the board. Like 
if I'm eating pizza three times a day, that's not really going to be good for me. If I'm taking pre-workout twice a day and I'm exceeding the recommended dosing, you know, it's probably not going to be good for me. Um, yeah. Well, the word of wisdom definitely says some things you can't have, even in moderation. Oh, you know, you, yes. Um, but there is a lot of, uh, you know, moderation is a, you know, moderation, poisons in the dose, whatever you want to call it. It's a good principle to apply. Um, but it, I definitely hear people argue in favor of doing things they definitely shouldn't do in the name of moderation. And that's where it needs to go out the window. Yeah. Defenestrate the moderation. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen that and I've, I've personally done it and I've been guilty of, um, I think when it comes to pre-workout, you mentioned like what you like to take. Um, and in my experience, I've, I've kind of found out that depending on the workout I'm doing, I may want a little caffeine or I may want a lot of caffeine and it just comes down to your personal tolerance and what you're doing. Like I wouldn't recommend taking a pre-workout energy drink and then going for a run because that amount of caffeine, it's not really going to give you your benefit that you're looking for. And that's when you probably want something with a little bit more low dosing, um, something with like electrolytes with uh, caffeine inside of it, maybe a little bit more up your alleyway. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And uh, I talked about stem junkies. I think uh, for people who've never taken pre-workout, I would err with the side of caution um, that moderation should be needed because if you're using it every single day, eventually your body's going to build a tolerance to whatever those chemicals are. It's going to expect them, and you're not really going to feel that. Like how you mentioned taking it and you still feel like trash. That's probably a sign that you should go off of whatever you're taking and just let your body just go back on its natural yeah. metabolism. Yeah, I've heard of some lifters actually, like, you know, some lifters will deload their workout where they'll have like a, a week of lighter weights to recover. I've heard of some lifters deloading from caffeine or pre-workout for that specific reason uh, because it stops having the effect that you want it to have after a while. And if you don't take it for a while, and your body readjusts, and then you can then use it again to get that effect again for a while. So it's definitely something on my mind because uh, I've I've noticed that when I get really good sleep, I don't really need it. And the issue is not so much, in my opinion, my body adjusting to it so much as, you know, caffeine is like a Band-Aid. And if your arm got chopped off, you, you can't slap a Band-Aid on it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, if I got really, really bad sleep because my kids will come up 10 times in the night, then I exaggerate. But, you know, if I got really bad sleep, I could slap some caffeine on there. You know, it might move the energy level from a 1 out of 10 to a 2 out of 10, but I'm not expecting it to work miracles. You know, caffeine ain't going to pull Lazarus out of the tomb. It's just going to make you feel a little bit more pep in your step for a few hours. And then you'll go back to feeling tired again. Yeah. yeah. Now, what was the point about dieting on here um, you had written down in terms of the so, word of wisdom? So what I was talking about was we kind of mentioned it before in the, uh, the law of health, um, but mm -hmm. sort of like to meal plan or not, um, not to meal plan. And then should I diet? Um, what would 
an optimal hmm. diet be in consideration of word of wisdom and working out? So I know one thing that comes up a lot is if you're working out and you eat protein, you're probably eating a lot of meat, and the word of wisdom says to eat meat sparingly. Um, I know as recently as President Kimball, church leaders taught that the amount of meat you eat can vary depending on the demands placed on your body. The example he used was if you are working a manual labor job, you'll probably need to eat more meat than someone who is sedentary at a desk. Uh, now, working out is essentially, you know, lifting weights is essentially artificial manual labor, right? You're imitating, you know, hard work to have an effect on your body. Mm. Um, so I definitely do not think there's anything wrong spiritually, doctrinally, whatever, with eating more meat if you lift weights. You are tearing up your muscles and rebuilding them stronger. You need to have protein, right? Is it possible to get the protein without eating meat well yeah sure you can have a protein powder something that's uh, or you could look at plant-based proteins but those aren't absorbed as efficiently because fun fact from you know eighth grade biology plant cells have cell walls and animal cells don't and the cell walls slow down digestion and make it harder to absorb nutrients from it um, and animal cells don't have that problem so you actually get more protein out of your cooked meat than you will out of your you know your vegan protein powder you'll get your body's going to be more efficient in obtaining the protein from it um so that's one i hear a lot is just people like well you're supposed to eat meat sparingly but you mean every day it's like well you know if i weren't lifting weights multiple times a week and if my body weren't constantly repairing torn up muscles i probably wouldn't eat as much meat as i do because i wouldn't need to but there's nothing wrong with that you got to give your body what it needs and there's no you know, moderate, moderate, reasonable amounts of meat probably looks different for different people. I'm not telling you you have to go full-fledged carnivore because you don't. Um, okay. Let me have a sip of water here. No worries. Um, I've done the full spectrum. You could say I'm a yo-yo dieter. I've, I've tried everything. Um, I've even done meme diets of eating nothing but fast food. Um, I've done the chicken and broccoli and rice three times a day. Uh, I, I found that I do better on a high fat, moderate protein and very low carb diet. Um, but lately I've been playing with more of the Okinawan style diet, which is kind of, uh, higher carb, uh, moderate fat and low protein. And mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to continue that much longer, but I really feel like there are avenues that you can explore with whatever you're, you're, you're going at. I know um, oh, yeah. when I was doing vegan, I did that for a good bit. And I found a, uh, a nutritionist. I, I sent him my body weight, height, photos, everything, scales, tapes. And he calculated out like this, this week you eat these. These are your meals. These are the exact macros. Uh, weigh your food out. Here you go. And then on top mm -hmm. of it, you need to find these supplements because the vegan diet, because you're not getting those um, bioavailable minerals from the meat, you need to supplement those like vitamin B12, uh, yeah. greens, uh, flaxseed omegas, and doing that. And I did okay, but for some personal reasons, I, I had to stop doing that. Um, okay. Interesting. Do you, 
while we're kind of on the subject of like dieting and then kind of finishing off uh, talking about pre-workouts, besides pre-workouts, what other supplements do you recommend that people should take? Creatine, really. I mean, if you're going to lift, you need to have more protein. So if you don't have enough protein in your diet, you can supplement it with a protein shake. And then uh, creatine is safe. It's effective. It does exactly what it says on the tin, so to speak. Uh, so that's one I definitely recommend people use if they're going to lift. You can make gains without it, but it will definitely make a, a discernible, a, you know, noticeable, appreciable difference if you take five grams of creatine a day uh, along with everything else you're already doing. So a lot of the other stuff, like, you know, I know you need you need fats for joint health and for hormone production, but as long as you're eating you know, some, you know, as long as you're eating something not really wacky in your day-to-day -day life, you're going to be getting enough fats in your diet for all that because it doesn't really require that much fat for that. Um, I do a high-protein, high-carb, low-fat diet, and, you know, I've never had any issues. Uh, once I, well, I used to have issues with my hormones. It wasn't related to diet. It was related to something that they had to medicate. Once they got it medicated, that fixed itself right away. So as long as you're eating you know, at least a small amount of fats in every meal. You're not going to have any issues with that. Really, right. when it comes to diet, what you have to be careful for is, you know, foods that are very tasty and that are not very filling. They tend to be high in carbs and fats. People like to demonize carbs a lot nowadays, but, you know, cookies are not just a bunch of carbs. There's a bunch of fats in there, too. And if, any, if you've ever had a fat-free cookie, you'll know that it definitely has an impact. <laughs> so, um you got to, you know, don't demonize any one of the three macronutrients. You got to find a balance that works for you um, and make sure that you're getting enough protein in there for to fuel your you know, muscle recovery and you're getting enough calories to uh, also fuel your, you know, your recovery from your workouts. A lot of people refuse to adjust their caloric intake after they've been, you know, lifting for six months or a year or something and they run into a wall because the body is not being given what it needs to play the game on the table. Oh yeah, that it's really sad when you know that, and you you just forget about doing it, and you run into a plateau, and you're like, oh, oops. Yeah, I saw my wife the other day that I I feel like if I don't go on a bulk at least once a year or once every six months or something, like it definitely messes with my workouts, and even in a way mentally because the plateaus can be very frustrating mentally and emotionally. And once in a while, just putting on slowly in a controlled fashion, you know, 5, 10, 15 pounds and seeing the huge increases in your in your strength, seeing the increases in your muscle mass, it's very rewarding. And then you can always, you know, diet back down to the weight you were at before, but you'll keep some of that muscle you gained. And so when you're back at the new weight, you'll have more muscle and less fat than you did before. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting how bodybuilders figured out um you can pack on a bunch of weight in the off season which basically means you don't have a competition coming up so you kind of eat a little bit more freely yep. and then you can put that on and then slowly you want to curb that off um it's pretty pretty cool that they figured that out and then I mean, you, can you basically throw have to you're not going to build oh, yeah. muscle at Sub 10% body fat. It's not going to, you're not going to do it. You're going to be the smallest guy on the stage when the show comes. 
Yep. And then uh, I think it was uh, Ronnie Coleman. He uh, he went and did some bodybuilding shows, and he was just struggling. He was just struggling. He wasn't placing well. He he would do all these other things. And they kind of figured out that he was flat, which basically means his his muscle glycogen had no yeah. carbs, and so he wasn't full. And so I want to say one of the other bodybuilders got him into you know breaking the word of wisdom, drinking, kind of got him to have fun. I think he broke down and had a pizza. And then the next day when he stood on stage, he was just in phenomenal shape because his cells just puffed up and absorbed mm-hmm. all the, the carbohydrates and he, his glycogen levels were full and it was just insane. And then that's when they figured out you could do cart like carb loading is what you need to yep. do. Yeah, I always joke with my wife that when I have a cheat meal, it goes straight to my traps. It's because it's uh-huh. that's the first thing is that your uh, you know your muscles just hold on to all the new fuel. What do you need? Hang on, my daughter needs something. What do you need, Millie? Oh, I'll get this down for you. Okay. All right. Sorry, she being she being silly. It's only fair. I mean, last episode I had cats and kids. It's fine. Yep. As far as meal planning, meal prepping, you see, I've written down here. Um, I think that can definitely be a good tool because a lot of times diets break down not so much from discipline but from preparation. Okay, Millie, I'm on a, I'm on a phone call. Okay, Shh. Um, they break down not from lack of discipline or lack of willingness, but from preparation. It's like you get home and you're really tired and hungry from work. You're going to just grab the bag of potato chips and eat those rather than spending half an hour, forty five minutes preparing. Uh, a, a full dinner, right? So you either have to have healthy food that's very quick to eat uh, or you have to, you know, plan out, prepare in bulk or something along those lines. Or if you're, you know, if you're really lucky, if you know, if there are occasionally places, like takeout places where you can't actually get healthy food, if you're particular about it, like I know a lot of people t- meme about Chipotle, it's like 3,000 calorie burritos. Well, yeah, if you're an idiot putting together the burrito for sure, but I can take you to Chipotle and get you a very healthy meal right now that's not at all high in calories, that has protein in it, and it's not <laughs> you're not going to get fat from it at all. Um, I know me personally with my one of my kids, um, she has autism, so she can be an extra handful it's very, very hard to set aside time to meal prep, so we tend to err more on the side of trying to have healthy uh, food that's ready to eat quickly. And that can be a bit harder on the wallet. Like, for example, rather than cooking a bunch of chicken breast, if you have some packets of beef jerky lying around, you can have a good source of protein right there. But beef jerky's protein is more expensive if you like look at how much you're paying per gram of protein, which I've done that. Uh, it's obviously more expensive than... Uh, you know, other sources like, uh, you know, chicken or whatnot. But um, uh, meal planning is definitely one way to do it, but I wouldn't say it's the only way. And I only say that because some people just may not work for them and it's totally okay. And there's totally other ways to skin that cat. And my apologies to your cats for using that analogy. Oh, they, they're not even phased. I, mm. I think... Um... Heartless. Oh yeah, they're just murder mittens. They uh, they want to have a gecko diet. I really feel like uh, meal planning can be cost saving, like you said. Um, I can go buy four and a half pounds of flank steak for six ninety nine a pound, 
Whereas I can just go buy one pound of beef jerky and they're charging anywhere from 15 to $16. So, and, and some, some people who are able to do that, I feel like it's going to be better. It's going to suck that you have to do all that prep and make the beef jerky yourself, but your wallet's going to be happier. And I feel like that's one thing I really do like about meal planning is it's good, especially if you're super busy, you can just go ahead, uh, grab the, the food out of the fridge, throw it in the microwave, you're good to go. Every, you know, you could do it once a week and have it for the full week, or you can meal prep every couple days. Or um, like in your situation, uh, having healthy go-to meals is, is pretty easy to do. I just feel like it's just so easy to grab the box of mac and cheese and, you know, throw in some chopped hot dogs and just, just call it again uh, a day. Or, uh, where you could, for the same price, probably find something a little bit healthier to do. Yeah. Well, that's my point really is that it's definitely cheaper to meal prep, buy stuff in bulk and cook it. But my point is that if that does not work for you, all hope is not lost. If you're willing to spend more money on food, you can have healthy meals ready to eat that don't require meal prep. And beef jerky is not the only way. Like, for example, I'm a big fan of um, like you can get zero fat Greek yogurt from Walmart or something. Great source of protein. Um, and it's because it's Greek yogurt, it's, you know, lactose intolerance is an issue because I'm lactose intolerant. I can always eat it. It doesn't cause any problems. And that's ready to roll right then. And that's actually more efficient in terms of your dollars and turning your dollars into pro grams of protein than, than beef jerky. That was just the first example I thought of. So there's more than one way to skin the cat. I don't give up if, if one way of doing things just doesn't work for you. It's not a big deal. There's other ways. My, my problem with Greek yogurt is they put so much other stuff in that nowadays because it became so popular um, that it's not really Greek yogurt. So um, I'm kind of like a snob. I'll, uh, I'll go buy a yogurt brand like uh, Chobani just to get the culture from it. And then I'll use my Instant Pot, uh, use a full gallon, and then I'll get probably about two liters of yogurt out of that. Um, of course, flavoring and learning how to sugar it and doing that is a little bit different than making sure you have cheesecloth to strain it uh can be challenging but i think it could also be fun too and a science experiment like for you and your your kids if you were to do that that'd be really cool to show them like this is how yogurt's made a little bit more um <laughs> uh, what was that i think tanner tanner mentioned on spiritual danger kind of like a, or spiritual arson of more involvement in your children, the pr process of the things that are going on. So they feel more connected to it rather than, you know, mom and dad just make me food and they give me a plate. Well, I do that pretty well with my kids already. I always make them help me make cookies and bread. That's pretty and they're awesome. Much more, they're pretty invested in the outcome of the cookies for sure. Oh, <laughs> yes. Now, as far as, um, I see on here you want to talk about TRT, anabolics, and SARMs. I mean, I've always just assumed anabolics and SARMs were uh, probably frowned on, but I've never actually asked my bishop. So, <laughs> so um, I'm pretty well versed in this area. I, I have to caveat because I'm military. I technically am not allowed to. Um, I have asked my primary care provider if I could go on to TRT, which is basically testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah. Um, at a certain point, as you age, your body is going to slow down on certain things. And for men, one of the things that happens is testosterone 
just isn't as well up in there. And so I feel like when it comes to the interpretation of the word of wisdom and what's legal, um, if that's something that you could do, I'd say that TRT with your primary care provider and with some thoughts and prayers about if it's something you should do, uh, I don't think that's out of the bounds of reason. I agree I on that for sure. It's a medical procedure and it's to address a problem in the body. Yeah. Medical Especially treatment. with the, the view of how they look at marijuana, um, just using that same kind of paradigm to look at TRT. I definitely don't think it's out yeah. of there. Um, the one thing I would add is that TRT in some cases can result in um, infertility in men because when you are replacing the testosterone that your body's making, and obviously your body's not making enough, when you replace it, you know, your, your testes stop some functions because they can detect that they're no longer needed. And some people, when they go off, that some of those functions don't come back. So I don't know what percent, but I do know what happens. I am pretty sure it's rare. Um, but I know for quite a while I was thinking about TRT, and I even started two very, very tiny injections before realizing that my doctor had overlooked part of my medical history and that it could kill me. Um, so thankfully we were able to figure out the source of the problem and fix it with medication and not having to inject exogenous testosterone in my case. Um, so hopefully the little bit I injected, you know, neuter me. So I guess we'll see, um, in the future here, but that is one thing sort of, it's definitely a buyer, not buyer beware, but like more like buyer be aware. Uh, if you want to have more kids, then definitely give going on TRT extra cons or some extra thought and reflection before you hop on uh, because there is a non-zero chance that you might end up closing the door on having more kids as a result of that therapy yeah that's something important to think about too which again yeah. i feel like if you have a provider who's common sense and and kind of sees where you're going with this i feel like you could have a good conversation but just having it um i just wanted to bring it up because um I've been to gyms off of military bases and I've seen dudes doing um, steroids in the gym, which I think is stupid because not a clean environment. You could get sick, site infections, et cetera. Um, but if that's something you're going to do, I would say research, 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 and then get, get your medical doctor's opinion on if it's something that you should do. Yeah. Um, don't just go and do it without thinking about it. And so, um, the other thing is in the American society, a lot of our politicians, bless their heart, really made steroids the villain in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah, that was those, really dumb. Yeah, a lot of those poster childs that they used were taking antidepressants. And one of the children, um, he was a high school student, was using it, ended up committing suicide. Um, certain people who are still in office. Uh, use that as a way to get the Steroid Control Act passed. And it turned out that, no, there's a giant class action lawsuit. He was on this specific antidepressant, and everyone who was taking it, you know, ended up killing himself. So um, I feel like there's been a lot of villainy placed into it. And then I feel like for members who may be getting into working out, that's something they should be aware of. That at oh, some point, sure. if you're going to a gym, not something like – Elliot, in your case, for your your house, that'd be a interesting situation. But I feel like if you're going to um, one of the many shoebox gyms out there, 
that's something you may run into or somebody may, you know, recommend it to you. So I feel like having a, a, a good grasp and understanding is going to be um, healthy, important and spiritually significant too. Yeah. Like you mentioned, that would be terrible for you to do that and then find out you just you did your family from the plan of salvation and now you have to think about all these other different options and it could be an issue. So um, absolutely about doing that. Talk to your doctor, please. Um, okay. And then uh, I feel like there's a couple supplements I, I wanted to talk about. I definitely do agree with creatine. Uh, if you don't know what creatine is, basically uh, most beef has a creatine protein. And basically what it does is it, it allows your body to store more water in the muscle, which makes you feel fuller. And it actually is clinically proven in so many different um, studies to actually increase. Um, I personally recommend doing what's called a front load, where you take double the dosage for the first week and a half, and then you taper off to your daily dose for whatever you, you can. Um, Jeff Cavalier of uh, Athlete X talks about even if you had a full 24-ounce T-bone steak, you're not going to get the amount of creatine that you need for um, working out if that's something that you're going to be doing on you know a daily basis or biweekly, whatever your schedule is. You definitely do need to be supplementing with it. Um, I like doing branched-chain amino acids because a lot of those are, are really healthy now. Um, a lot of companies are putting coconut water uh, dehydrated coconut water in there. So it's super hydrating. You get potassium, magnesium, um, sometimes calcium, zinc, and then branch chain amino acids, which basically little building blocks to, to help keep you full and satiated. Because when your body sees it, it thinks you've eaten a meal, but you've not really eaten a meal. And so you can uh, kind of help curb hunger as well. Gotcha. And uh, most of those are very low caloric um, I think I, my extend that I have in my closet right now, about 40 calories for, um, 25 gram serving with 10 grams of BCAs and essential amino acids. So, uh, and then Rich Piana, I mentioned him last time. He was a big believer. If you're working out, trying to hit, hit your gains. First thing he would do in the morning was drink some BCAs. And throughout the day, supplement with a gallon of water mixed with BCAs in there, just hydrating, getting all the 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 extra supplementation in. And then um, there's one more, gotcha. but I can't I can't remember right now. But um, I'm not a nutritionist or a chemist. I'm just very interested in how these chemicals work. So I, I'm uh, mm -hmm. I'm pretty much a nerd boy when it comes to to chemistry. If you, anyone's interested, uh, I would recommend a Instagrammer. He goes by Gorilla Chemist. He is a gym rat. He pretty much lives at the gym. And he was so fascinated by it, he actually has gone through and has gotten his master's. And I think he's working on his PhD in chemistry. Um, he has his own supplement company. And on his Instagram channel, he actually breaks down um, all these different ingredients that you see across pre-workout and other um, fitness supplements and explains how they work. And so for a uh, person who likes learning, it might be something up your alley, but I just throw that out as a suggestion. Uh, but yeah, I uh, feel like that's a pretty good talk on the word of wisdom there, unless you have anything else to add. Um, no, I mean, I talked about what I use and 
my thoughts on things. So we can cover the last uh, last points okay. here and wrap things up. It looks like next up is modesty. Yeah, I, I felt I felt in my journey that that wasn't something that I connected to the law of health and word of wisdom. And in retrospect, I feel like it is connected to it. Because um, when I started working out, it was back in 2014, and that was with the social media boom. So everybody was trying to jump on Instagram and be a, a social media influence. And the, the whole thought of like, I'm going to get cut and ripped, and I'm going to post photos of myself, and I'm going to get that that reward, and people are going to comment, and I'm going to feel good about myself. I feel like uh, that's kind of an, a, not really with the word of wisdom or, or law of health. Like That's not healthy in any way. And so I feel like you have to add modesty into working out. So my thought on that was I, I don't think there's anything to do with the word of wisdom, but I can definitely see that it could not be healthy to kind of try to be a narcissist. On the flip side, uh, there is oftentimes communities of people that like to share their progress, whether it's strength gains, physique gains, or whatever. So I think that there's definitely situations where those activities are appropriate. Okay, Millie, hold on. I'm busy, okay? I'll play with you in a bit. Um, where it's appropriate to share your achievements uh, and without it being narcissistic, without it being inappropriate. Um, I think that there's... It's probably just an eye test thing. Like, you have to see what someone's doing to really know if it's unhealthy or not, in my opinion. It's one of those things that just... Being told like, oh, they post on their Instagram three or four times a week, like that's not enough to know, right? It's like, oh, they post physique shots. It's like, well, okay, you know, doesn't really tell me much. You know, they might be a narcissist. They might be uh, an unhealthy egotistical maniac. They might not be. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like uh, if you smell the stink, it's there. Um, it's pretty obvious. Or and that, like you mentioned, on the flip side, they're just doing that because that's something they're into. Um, I have a coworker. We didn't realize how ripped and lean he was until he posted uh, his first official bodybuilding competition. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember. It's the board short category, and he was ripped. Yeah. And we were like, "What? No way! Like seriously, Mister? You know, five meals a day, and like I got to go work out. Wow! Congrats! Like that's amazing. And he actually placed pretty well." Um, gotcha pretty, yeah i'm kind of impressed he's able to diet down to bodybuilding show levels without alerting his co-workers of it because he was so cranky you know usually when you're that that oh, late yeah. in the process you're you're very cantankerous and it's obvious that something is up so props just, to him for somehow keeping it under wraps i just thought it was pretty amazing that he he had that um meekness about it like he wasn't doing it to show he was just doing it and he was always covering up. Like any time he was working out, he's working out in shorts and stuff. And I, it was pretty good of a, a role model for me to to think about. Um, now, wearing garments while working out, I know there are some people who do and some people who don't. Lately, I've become the person of we have these new Under Armour stylish garments, and unless I'm swimming or cycling, I pretty much wear them all the time. 
Um, whereas before I, I didn't because the heavy cotton is just gross working out and then having two layers of clothes on yeah. drip. Wet. Um, I can't speak on this too authoritatively because I have some joints that historic uh, in the past have been injured and to this day the connective tissues then um, to be honest it's probably psychosomatic as much as physical the connective tissues are very sensitive and can get inflammation just from like a shirt sitting on it wrong um, I wish I were exaggerating like there I have to be very picky about how my clothing fits and when I'm and like it's just sitting in an office or being outside in a hot summer day can be very, very difficult for me because if the clothing is tugging on me wrong, uh, it can cause some pain and inflammation in, in like the tendons and connective tissues. So when I lift and I need full unencumbered motion of my joints and I just and I don't need that mental noise or worry, I don't lift my garments on for that reason. I think that it's probably better to lift with them on. I don't feel like it's something that I can practically do because of what I did to my body in the past and, you know, the consequences I'm still dealing with it. Uh, I'm still dealing with today. Um, but that being said, I do think that it's one of those things like good, better, best. Like it's probably better to wear them if you can. Though so obviously there's definitely, you know, you're not going to wear when you're swimming. Uh, probably difficult to wear them when you're cycling, but I don't know enough about it just because cycling shorts are usually not long enough um, to cover the bottom. And, I wouldn't tell someone that's cycling to wear long pants. That would be a little silly. <laughs> so, I, yeah, uh, I, yeah. Uh, the new garment style, um, it definitely works. But the, the thing with uh, cycling clothes, you want to be as aerodynamic as possible. So with how tight they are, it's just it's uncomfortable. So I just I don't do it. Yeah, um, I, I don't pray have... before I go out and do do stuff. Like you know, um, I feel like I'm in the realm of what's okay with doing it, um, but. Yeah, I was just seeing what your take was on that. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't have I like this style you're talking about. Maybe I, when I bought new garments, I should have gotten that. Maybe it would be easier for me, but I, would, I don't. I don't remember what they're called, but um, they're they're amazing. Um, and what started it was, again, a spiritual arson episode. They are talking about it, and uh, I decided, you know what? I have these new garments. Let me try it. So anytime I go for a run or working out, I'm, I'm wearing them, and... Um, you know, I, I feel I feel better wearing them subconsciously. It's like a, a mm -hmm. placebo. So I feel yeah. my faith is strengthened while wearing them. And then, like, in your case, I feel like there may be other people who just uh, may have issues with it. So, yeah, I mean, I know that some people are just, you know, they're straight up very, very picky about how clothing sits on them, and they can find it difficult at times. I know I'm one of those people, but... I, I just deal with it as a, you know, trial of faith, or whatever. Ninety-nine percent of the time, but when I work out, I do feel like it's it. I don't need that extra noise because it will cause inflammation in my knee and in my shoulder, and the inflammation will go away. It's not like horrible. It's not going to kill me, but I just don't need that extra crap to deal with. <laughs> so yeah. Um, when I was going through uh, probation, coming back into the church and stuff. The first thing I bought after getting my temple recommend back was the military style garments, just so I didn't have to wear two layer of clothing mm -hmm. when I wear one. Um, so I definitely feel like there's there's times when it's appropriate, not appropriate. Uh, 
something you can pray upon and think about. Yeah. Just kind of wanted to mention it because it's kind of in the realm. Uh, moving on, social media influence. How how can this help you, and then how can this hinder you? So it can help because again, you can find yourself in a community of like-minded people that are all working towards the same goal and that can be helpful. It can hinder you because um, if you compare yourself to people that are further along than you or more naturally gifted than you, that can be discouraging. Um, but that can also in a way be good because it can maybe alert you to the fact that something's wrong. I know I was frustrated with where I was for years um, and I felt like I was not building muscle mass as fast as I should or getting strength as fast as I should. And that kind of started me on my journey of like looking into my hormone levels and finding out that they were too low and then finding out that there was a microadenoma on my pituitary that could be treated with medication uh, that fixed it. And I've had even people, uh, you know, friends on Twitter say like, you know, I've you, the way you look has changed significantly in like the it recently. And it's like, well, yeah, it's because last, I think it was August or so, or maybe September, I got started, uh, I started on some medication and that fixed my hormone levels before I was running around the hormones of like an 80 year old man. And now I'm running around the hormone, the, the hormones that are, I think they're still elevating to normalcy, but they're much more normal than they were. What they um, should be for your age. Yeah. And it comparing myself to other people kind of in that sense helped me and that I realized like, hmm. I wasn't comparing myself to like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I was comparing myself to other guys my age with full-time jobs, and uh, they've been living around the same, uh, as long as I had. I was like, I don't feel like I'm leaving a lot in the, uh, in the gym. Like I feel like I'm putting in a good effort. So why am I seeing so much less reward, and why do I feel like crap all the time? Working out supposed to make you feel good. Um, so I do think the social, the effect of social media, the negative side effects, I think are overblown, which is normal because humans like to focus on negative things because that is how we survive. Uh, I, analogy I heard is if two cavemen hear a rustle in the bush and one assumes it's a tiger, the other assumes it's a rabbit. One of these days, the rabbit guy is going to be wrong. The tiger guy is going to be right, right? So, you know, we're sort of just hardwired for paranoia and to see the negative effects of things. Um, but... While they are there, I think they're kind of overblown. I think using social media, especially with fitness, can be good because it can help with accountability. It can help you find a community of other people that are working towards the same thing. Um, it can also you know, be bad. It can lead to narcissism or it can lead to discouragement or you can find yourself the target of people trying to push overpriced you know, crap products on you and you know, promising quick results or whatever. But as long as you have some degree of gray matter between your ears you should be able to see that coming from a mile away and deal with it appropriately yeah when you post one really good looking photo you're going to get stuff in your dms that that it's just how influencing works and they try to push it but i it, it's interesting your perspective on it that um you're kind of like wait a minute there's something going on here and i i didn't even think about that being a thing um in my experience i just i struggle with uh, self-image and what I should look like and the body that I have. And so like seeing what other people, I feel like knowing what you respond to and avoiding what you know you're gonna respond to negatively. So uh, definitely keep that in perspective. Cause once you start working out, you're gonna start, you know, hey, I wanna follow this guy. And then 
because you follow that guy, it's going to algorithmically show you everyone else. Um, but while we're talking about it, on your post, I you were commenting about working out um, and my comment to you was actually liked by Grego Gallagher. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. I've never, I've never interacted with him before, but he's the guy that does the Kino body, um, fitness where it's intermittent fasting and minimalism workout of three times a week. And that's it. Uh, I've done his programs before. I didn't have as much success. Maybe if I'd stuck to it is better, but I'm doing some different things, but his influence yeah. has been there. Um, intermittent fasting, that's something I, I do pretty, pretty frequently, which sucks for when it's actual fast Sunday, I'm so used to it. It's like, <laughs> I got to find something else to fast of because I'm already fasting. So, uh, definitely there. I guess we could, uh, end with, uh, ego lifting. And then I mentioned it last time, so I don't, I don't feel like I need to bring it up at the 10% rule, but, uh, ego lifting, um, I mean, I, I think that, again, I think the negative side effects are vastly overblown on that. I see people making fun of people squatting high. It's like, if you squat high, you're still going to get stronger. You're still going to get more muscular. You're still going to get healthier. It's not like your muscles are not going to respond to a stimulus because your joint didn't hit a certain angle. Um, it seems like some people get upset at the prospect of, someone comparing their shorter range of motion strength to the longer range of motion that, you know, the correct form, whatever, and thinking they're stronger than they are. But like that, that seems a little silly to me. You know, you, you should know how strong you are and be secure in that and not, you know, be potentially upset that someone quarter squats as much as you full squat. Who cares if they quarter squat more than you full squat? Like good for them, good for you. Um, the, I, I, there is a slightly higher risk of injury with certain, you know, kinds of form, whatever. But again, it's not that high. People seem to think that good form is a guarantee that you'll never get hurt. And that's not true. You can get hurt using good form. You can use bad form, live for decades and never get hurt. Uh, you, a lot of it depends on genetics and, 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 you know, picking the right parents. Yeah. And then sometimes you just have bad luck. Um, I can't remember his name. He was a pretty big bodybuilder. He was just doing like, he was just having his workout recorded, right? Had 225, was doing incline and the bar snapped. Um, so you could even be doing something that's not even ego lifting. Yeah. You could have injury. So it is something to be aware of that there is some risk involved in working out. Um, but I just yeah. mentioned uh, ego lifting. I feel like you brought it up last time about an individual was a struggling and you found out that they were pretty much one rep maxing every time they went to the gym. Yeah. Like, they were going to failure on every set, not one rep maxing. They're going to failure on every set. Like, Oh yeah. They were doing pushups. They went until they could literally not do another pushup. And that guy's don't think it was ego. I think he thought that's what he was supposed to do. He just needed someone to point him in the right direction. It's like, buddy, you don't have to kill yourself every day. I want to say that since I'm a um, workout program connoisseur and I've, I've done so many different styles, most of them say about every six weeks, you should see what your, your, your failure range is or what your one rep max is just to gauge if yeah, you're absolutely. building strength. And also not only that, but like if you're, 
if the program tells you to like bench 200 10 times because it thinks that your max is X, but then it turns out your max is way higher than that, then you need to adjust, right? You need to bench 225 times, right? So or 10 times. Um, so it's definitely worth uh, maxing out or going to failure is definitely worth it. It's just not something that's worth doing every single time, right? Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't eat caviar for dinner every day, but you might have caviar once in a while. Maybe that's a bad example, but you know you get my point. I've never had caviar, so it's it's actually not that bad. Um, I kind of believe you. I mean, I had I escargot it, when I was in France; yeah. it was good. I'm sure I caviar them, is good too. It's somebody's probably going to be mad at me, but I call them sea raisins. Um, Maybe I did have caviar on my mission. Actually, now that I think about it. Uh, Hard to believe I ate snail and not fish eggs. Anyway, salmon roe, salmon roe on sushis is pretty popular, which is pretty delicious. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not bad. Every, I don't know if you saw the spat I got into. Um, I was going back and forth on some people about the evil of eating bugs. I won't, won't bring that up, but different cultures have different things, and we should yeah. respect that. Um, well, there may or may not be people pushing certain agendas, but uh, let's be real. If you yeah. have ever been to a red lobster, then you're guilty of eating a bug. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I find that a, pro a problem in lifting, in nutrition, in lots of stuff, is people want to slap morality on non-moral questions, right? Like, I love... The bench press it's one of my favorite lifts i do not think there's spiritual superiority for bench pressing per se i think that upper body strength can be a good litmus test for certain things that bench press is a great test of upper body strength but i'm not under the delusion that i'm more righteous than someone else that doesn't bench press as much you know that it doesn't bench as much as me so i i see that a lot it's like if your hobby is you know gaming your you're spiritually or morally inferior to someone whose hobby is uh, chewing on a blade of ryegrass and breathing deeply in in the forest and and you know feeling the earth between his toes or something. You know, it's just people aren't yeah. secure enough to say I like this and I don't like this for absolutely no reason. They can't they can't do it. <laughs> so they got to make it like you say i don't want to eat bugs like dude i don't want to eat bugs either you don't have to make it an evil thing like yeah i agree there's yeah. definitely some weird agenda being pushed and that's bad but it's about the agenda like, not about bugs like i mean louisiana i'd go to numerous crawfish boils um the only difference between a crustacean and an insect is one is biologically made for the water and one is for land other than that they're almost oh. very genetically similar uh one tastes better too yeah and, uh, yeah you know but i digress <laughs> someone, yeah someone was talking about well the shrimp are fed better i was like have you even seen how f f uh farm bred shrimp are raised yeah that's a yeah don't yeah google that later folks google that later um I feel don't, like we... don't look under the lid of an uh, industrial farming yeah don't it's like over. it's like not as bad as the as the worst critics will make you think, but it's also not all roses. It's definitely yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's pretty sad, fun uh, times had by all. 
And if you have the financial means, there's definitely options in the United States where you can order um, foods that are holistically sourced and sponsored and the animals aren't being raised in, you know, crowls and being fed antibiotics. Um, definitely a, a major yeah. that you can and add to that. But uh, And if like you don't have the financial means, don't feel bad. Just buy, just buy the mass-produced crap and then one day, if you can, upgrade. You know, not everyone can allocate money to that sort of thing. And that's okay. Do what yeah. you can with what you've got. And that's I feel like a good principle for everything. If you're faithful about it and you're really genuinely trying to do that, there's going to be blessings, um, blessings that you will see instantly or blessings that may take a couple of years. Um, like in your case, what would have happened if you never started working out with that, that, um, what did you say it was? The cloma in your, your brain? Oh, uh, microadenoma. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what would have happened if you weren't working out and figured out, like, there's something wrong going on? Like, what what could have came from that? So I would probably still be fat with skinny arms and tired and cranky all the time. <laughs> but you're not, so that's good. Yay, um, I'm not. I feel like that's a, a good stop uh, place to stop. Let me speak yeah. English. Uh, so we went over the word of wisdom about the new updates, uh, substances, caffeines. Um, I apologize for not putting my thing out, but I'll get that. We talked about pre-workouts, creatine, branched-chain amino acids. We didn't really mention whey protein. Um, I mean, I talked about protein shakes. Oh, yeah, protein. I yeah, said I use them if you need to. And if you're getting enough protein in your food, you don't need to get a protein shake. I use protein shakes a ton. Nothing wrong with it. If you if you need them, use them. If you don't need yeah. them, don't use them. It's all if good. You don't, yep. like, you don't have to. Yeah. Yep. Whole food, chicken and eggs. There you go. Chicken, we talked about beef, eggs, Fish. cicadas, cicadas. <laughs> uh, talked about meal prepping, meal planning. Um, if you're gonna plan your meals out, do it. Or you can do a healthier option of just buying good stuff to make at home because that works better for your your schedule. Uh, we, we talked about TRT, um, or just going to the doctor in general. If you're, you're doing something in the gym and you don't feel well, probably should go see a doctor and explain what's going on because who knows what you might find. Yep. Um, yeah, to a certain extent, most people should trust their, should trust their gut. I knew something was wrong for years before I really was able to take action on it. Well, I shouldn't say I knew. I suspect something was wrong for years before I took action on it, before I got it solved. Um, so yeah, just kind of, just trust your gut. If you think there's something off, talk to talk to someone that knows what they're doing. Yep. Anyway, and then it was a good talk. Last, last little bit, we just covered over modesty, working out, wearing garments, social media influence, and ego lifting. And I feel like that's a pretty good thing. Um, if there's anything that we missed, Definitely message us. Uh, you can find Elliot on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, for those who have Strava, go ahead and add me on there. Um, now that I'm healed, I'm doing exercises again on there. Um, and if anybody wants any recommendations, our DMs are open. Uh, do you have Absolutely. anything else? Nope. I've DMs, I've answered questions about lifting. I've answered questions about mortgages since that's my day job. So, um, uh, you know, ask me questions about lifting, gaming, religion, 
K-pop, whatever, man. Life's an awesome. open book. But uh, yeah, that is a wrap on the Word of Wisdom. Appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day. Have a good one, Elliot. Appreciate you too. the phone call. If you like the content of what you listened to today, go ahead and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. Subscribe for my weekly newsletter through review. Follow my blog. And be sure to like and follow the podcast wherever streaming platform you may be using. Anchor has distributed my podcast across several streaming platforms for your convenience. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.